It's Thursday, August 11th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 411 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 15 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan, and you guys are getting a solo episode from me as a second show this week to make up for the fact that we missed getting an episode out last week. And in case you're curious, the reason for that was I tried to go ahead and put some additional security, specifically something called an SSL certificate, on the Fear the Boot website to protect your guys login information if you use our forums and things like that and we're going to be getting one added to con planner here in the very near future but i I won't bore you with all the technical details if you really want to hear about all the nonsense that went into that there's a post i made on facebook sort of lining out what ended up occurring but what should have been a like a 15 20 30 minute process turned into nine days of me fighting my own web server, fighting iTunes, fighting Godzilla, you name it. Somehow it was involved in this battle. And I think it is finally sorted out. So if you were hearing this, consider this one life's small miracles. Now, before I roll into what I want to talk about as a gaming topic, I want to point your guys' attention to something, which is the folks over at Inkwell Ideas. And if you don't remember Inkwell Ideas, Keith Curtis is involved with them. Joe Wetzel's their main guy. Uh, We've talked to them about all kinds of stuff. They have these great decks that do random encounters, that do plot ideas, that do NPCs. The thing they're most known for, their flagship product, is a map-making tool called Hexographer that helps you build maps of your worlds or of your dungeons. And it has these great tools for auto-filling and stuff and all these icon sets. I mean, just everything that Inkwell has made. I have loved. And I, so I say this, I'm not involved in the company. They're not giving me any kickbacks. I say this to you as someone who genuinely believes in these products. Uh, everything I have from them, I have purchased. They have once again not given me anything. But right now they're doing a Kickstarter for Hexographer 2. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes. If you want to see what that's about, uh, it actually, as of this recording, it has already funded. So What you're doing at this point is you're basically helping them reach some stretch goals and guaranteeing that you're going to get yourself a copy of this software when it comes out, along with whatever add-on goodies you want to pick up. And I think it will be absolutely worth your while. So please do yourself a favor, do your games a favor, and take a look at that link in the show notes and see if you've got something that you want to throw their way, uh, I'd say to help make it happen, but it's already happening. So instead, just to get your piece of this, I'm definitely going to get it on myself because I just took a look at the Kickstarter and I personally am excited. All right, so let's get to the topic. This isn't exactly an advice topic. This is an observation. So if there's advice in this, and I don't even know if there is per se, but if there is advice, it's only to kind of take a moment to sit back and think seriously, or as seriously as you need to, about how you view the way that you game. Because there is something that was said, I think it was two or three shows back, that I am not surprised uh, drove a good amount of, of discussion and controversy on our forums, which was Chad's comment that in his battles, he doesn't usually track 
the hit points or the health of the enemies. But instead, he looks at the dice that are being rolled and says, well, you know, you're older critical success, so you chopped his head off or you're older critical failure, so you're going to have some setbacks. But he makes these sort of on the spot narrative calls about the pacing he wants or the difficulty he wants for that combat and uses that to decide when the enemy goes down. And a bunch of people chimed in and said, you know, hey, they weren't really entirely cool with that. And that response doesn't surprise me. Now, I took a position on that show where I came to Chad's defense because I think there is something going on in the average gamer's mind that I don't think we always fully appreciate. And that thing is cognitive dissonance. Now, for anyone who's not familiar with the phrase cognitive dissonance, cognitive means relating to cognition or relating to your thoughts. And dissonance means more or less to be in disagreement. So you are in cognitive dissonance when you hold two contradictory ideas at the exact same time. If you've ever had someone in your life that you really didn't like or you knew was causing you problems, but you still felt drawn back to them and some sort of unhealthy way, that's cognitive dissonance. If you've ever had that love-hate relationship with somebody, you could look at this as another example. I don't want to get too deep into religion or politics here, but another one might be a lot of people would say they like the idea of free will, that we get to choose our own fate and our own paths and such. But at the same time, they would also like a world where people don't get hurt. But, you know, sometimes our free choices hurt other people. And so these two ideas can't coexist. So if you're someone that holds these two ideas, you're existing in a state of cognitive dissonance. You're holding on to two ideas that aren't just paradoxical. They don't just seem to contradict. They really, truly do contradict one another. But nonetheless, your mind kind of runs with them at the same time. And we do this all over the place as, as a species, as we as humans, it's how we function. It's a very normal thing. But where I see it pop up in gaming is in questions of rules and fairness, because most gamers will tell you two things that cannot, generally speaking, be true at the same time. And thing one is that they want the game to be fair. They want the roles to be above board. They want the game master to give them the just results of their actions or their choices. But at the same time, most players really don't want or really don't enjoy failing, especially if they're failing repeatedly or failing pointlessly. So you roll 100 dice that night and you just can't hit on anything, or you make this really great character and first thing out the door, you just get some lucky critical hit from some random one-hit die goblin who takes you down and kills you. And a lot of gamers would not be real happy about that. You know, they want to face challenge, but they want to move forward. They want to feel like they're succeeding, but at the same time, they want to the game to be fair. And part of the reason I came to Chad's defense on that whole thing about him not tracking hit points is because of the fact that I have noticed that most game masters, when they have to make that decision, they have to break that cognitive dissonance, and they have to pick one side or the other, most game masters end up choosing to be blunt to cheat. And they do it because I think most players, to be blunt, want them to cheat. 
Because while they may say on the one hand they want fairness, in truth, they want a certain amount of success and they want narrative and they want some return on the investment that they have made into a character and into a situation. And so when they're faced with really having to fall to one of two camps, which is either what we'll call the John camp of it's going to be above board, which means you could kill the boss in one hit, but conversely, you could trip over your own two feet, break your neck and die three steps out of the gate, then that's the way they're going to go. And there are some people that want to game that way, and that's what they find satisfying. They don't want the game to be, well, happy, I guess, or necessarily happy. They want it to be fair in a brutal sort of way. And on the other hand, you get people who look at that choice and they fall into my camp. They fall into the Dan camp where they say, I want, you know, I guess at least this is great. It's one time at Dan camp. But anyway, they say, you know, I want maybe some real challenge. I want some narrative. I want some difficulties in my way. Maybe even I'm willing to take some serious setbacks or some serious injuries. But at the end of the day, I want my character to succeed or at least to fail in a way that felt meaningful. I want the narrative to override the rules. Well, that's the other camp. And some people, when they look at the rules, they make this choice consciously. They're very cognizant of the fact that they are going to choose to be in a John camp or a Dan camp, that they're going to be brutal or they're going to be merciful. And they're going to make that decision right up front. But I think a lot of players and a lot of game masters go through the game wanting to hold on to both ideas. And so when Chad said that he didn't track hit points, a bunch of people kind of called him on that and said, well, you know, that doesn't seem right to me because you're not really playing the game fairly. But where I came to Chad's defense, I said, well, wait a minute. You as the game master have already made those choices in other places. When you set up the encounter, you made a decision to make this encounter easy or somewhere in the middle or maybe really, really hard. So you made a choice right there about how difficult it was going to be. Now, of course, maybe you don't control how the dice roll out. So maybe it's an easy encounter, but it gets out of hand. Or maybe it's a boss fight, but they kill them in one hit and you're right back in John's camp. But I think for a lot of game masters as they're playing, they're just going to fudge the rules in other ways. That the enemy could drop a fireball that wipes the party, but you're going to not do that. You're going to have them cast Charm Person or, or something else instead. Or one guy's about to get killed and suddenly the enemy comes up with some paper-thin reason to change targets or to beat them close to death but not to actually kill them or to give them an opportunity to escape or take them prisoner or whatever. And maybe they do face a real consequence, but you stop shy of really, truly being a John-style hard-ass about taking this all the way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you fall in the John camp, that's fine. If you fall in the Dan camp, that's fine. If you have this reconciled down some third path that I'm just not thinking of, that's cool too. But what I'm challenging you as both players and game masters to be is honest with yourselves. If you're making these choices and you're choosing to be a hard ass or you're choosing to quite frankly, to cheese the game, to cheat, whether I I hope in your players' favor, not against them, because the latter, I, I think, is a total dick move under any circumstance. But if you're choosing to do that, you may have a place where in your mind it makes sense to do 
Or you may have found a place in your mind where you feel most comfortable doing it, that you'd rather do it with NPC choices or encounter design or the treasure tables or whatever, as opposed to doing what Chad does and not giving them hit points. That's totally cool. But be honest with yourself about what you're doing and where those boundaries are. And, you know, I think this is maybe if there is any advice to give here other than be honest with yourself, I think it's maybe to use this as an opportunity to have those discussions with your group to say, look, what do you guys want out of this game? Do you want me to be brutal or if not brutal? then exactly where do you want the cheesing to occur? And I think most people, when they hear that, they're going to be like, well, no, I want the game to be brutal. I I don't want there to be cheesing. You know, I want to feel like I earned what I got. But in truth, when that moment comes where they have to make a deck save and they slip on a uh, slippery brick and break their neck three steps out of the gate, they're probably going to be singing a different tune. And so I think it's a good conversation to have, especially if you've got your players in a pre honest mood about what is it you actually want. One of the places where we've talked about this on the show is in a story that occurred in Battletech where I was running the game and Wayne's mech got knocked to the ground and he was just lying there. And another mech walks up and kicks him in the head. It's just how it rolled out. Kicks, hits him in the head, the foot goes into the cockpit. That's 65 tons of mech putting its foot literally into Wayne's chest. No human being is going to survive that. And it killed him. And I paused the game right there and I said, Wayne, it is your call. I said, I I had never intended for that to roll out. That was an unlikely die roll, but it happened. If you tell me right now that you don't want this character to die, because he did put a lot into that character's background. I said, I'm happy to work out some bargain with you or I'll give you a permanent stat penalty or we'll give you some kind of a consequence for this. But the character doesn't die. We're going to go ahead and just edge around it. And in that choice, Wayne said, no, I want it to kill me. I'm having some struggles with this character anyway. I think I'd rather play somebody else. And I guess he wanted a way out anyway. I I don't know. But he chose to go with the death. But the fact is that we had that rather frank conversation. So have those conversations. And if nothing else, be honest with yourself before you're too hard on Chad. Because there's a good chance you or somebody at your table is doing the exact same thing he is. They're just packaging it in a different way. So anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, check the show notes for a link to that Kickstarter. Thank you for all the support you guys have given us and for your patience this past week as we struggled with so many issues with that damn website and all of the aggregator feeds. It was one heck of a nightmare. So have a great week and great games. We will catch you next time. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2016. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy network of shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network.